This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. First reading from the book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. The Holy Spirit blesses the disciples of Christ with special gifts, and through them and the gospel that they proclaim, he oversees and blesses the birth of the Christian church. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears it in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The word of the Lord. Ten days was a long time to wait. Jesus had told his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem, but stay and wait for the gift my Father has promised, which was the Holy Spirit. But how long would that take? And what would that look like? And what does that mean? The disciples were not exactly good with patience and following instructions. 
So 10 days had passed since Jesus' glorious ascension into heaven. Were they tired of waiting? Were they going a little stir-crazy at this point? Certainly the city of Jerusalem was astir on that morning. It was one of the three great festivals that God had established for all his people to come and gather in Jerusalem to worship. And as the sun was rising that morning and the markets were newly opening, the hustle and bustle of global visitors filled the city with a busy buzz of business. And that's when the miraculous happened. The evangelist Luke did research and records it for us in Acts chapter 2. Suddenly what sounded like, not an actual wind, but what sounded like a violent wind rushed through the place where the disciples were. What looked like little tongues or flames of fire, their hair wasn't actually ablaze, but what looked like fire rested on their heads and suddenly they were speaking in different tongues, languages they had previously not known or studied. Quite obviously, this caused a ruckus and a crowd started to gather. Luke reported for us today, a crowd came together in bewilderment. They were utterly amazed, Luke says. They started asking, what does this mean? Maybe they were Lutherans and didn't know it yet. And that's when they started asking questions. These guys must have been tailgating for the Jerusalem giants already. They're already a little bit tipsy. Peter stood up to explain. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. This was exactly what Jesus had promised and was talking about. This is what God had foretold for so long. He poured out his Holy Spirit on people and there was preaching and prophesying and signs and wonders like speaking in different languages. And as he quoted the prophet Joel, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now if we had more time and more service folder, we would keep going and read in Acts chapter 2 as Peter goes into this beautiful, long Pentecost sermon. He explains who that Lord is. It's Jesus, the long-awaited promised Christ, the Messiah. But those Jews, Peter said, you crucified him. And yet the tomb could not hold him. Just as God also promised he raised his son from the dead, seated him at his right hand, and now he lives and rules as both king and Lord and Messiah of all. The response to this Pentecost sermon was remarkable. If you remember, the last time we heard from a crowd of Jews in Scripture, they were shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! But the response on this day, so much different. Later in chapter 2, Luke says, When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter told them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children, he said. 
And incredibly, that's exactly what happened. They repented and turned from their sin, and they turned in faith to Jesus as their Savior from that sin. And many of you know the fun little fact that on that one day, some 3,000-plus people were baptized and became Christians on this day of Pentecost. How is this possible? How could this be? How could stony hearts of unbelief be smashed to pieces and build a new foundation on Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone? I know the answer. It's God the Holy Spirit. Jesus poured out his Holy Spirit to bring a confession, a confession of sins before a holy God, but then a confession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of all. When was that great day of Pentecost for you? Many in this room, I suppose, don't recall or remember. I know many were baptized perhaps when they were young, children, maybe even infants. But maybe there are others in this room who do recall, maybe not a specific moment, but a time when the Holy Spirit flipped the light switch on and you understood that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior too. We heard in the, in the second reading this morning from the Apostle Paul, no one can say Jesus is Lord. That is, no one can be a believer except by the Holy Spirit. What a remarkable thing. We have people in this room, much like on the day of Pentecost, from all over. Different stories, different backgrounds, different family histories. And yet God the Holy Spirit has worked in each of us at just the right time, at just the right place, using just the right people. The Holy Spirit was poured out on us through his word and through his sacraments to work in our hearts a confession of sin and a confession of faith in Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit who works on us so that we will say, as we will in just a few minutes, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. This is the, a miracle. The Holy Spirit still works today. Josh was a, a man who was quite lost in life and struggling, though he didn't really know why. Josh had a very nice family with three children. They enjoyed spending time together. They decided one day to go to a local community event put on by the local church. It was a kids' carnival. They thought the people there were fairly friendly. And so Josh's wife enrolled the children the following summer in a vacation Bible school with that church. At the end of the week, the children sang their VBS songs on Sunday. Josh's wife thought it was amazing. She invited her husband, but Josh refused. She went back the next week and the next week and invited, and Josh refused and refused. Finally, after weeks of begging, begrudgingly, Josh showed up at church and he couldn't believe what he heard. Like the Jews at Pentecost, he was cut to the heart, confronted with his sin, and yet so comforted to know that he had a Savior in Jesus Christ who lived and died for him and rose again. 
From that day, Josh kept coming to church week after week and hardly missed a Bible study either until finally after two or three months, he joined the church and that's when he said to me, Pastor, that Sunday I first came to church was the first time I had been in church for more than 10 years. Mind you, he was only about 28. The first time in 10 years, the last time I was in church, I was sitting in the back row in a Catholic church on Christmas Eve. I was drunk and cursing God. But something was so different that first day I came. I know what it was. God the Holy Spirit. Jesus poured out his spirit to work a confession of sin and a confession of faith. Just as on the day of Pentecost, just as with Josh, so with you and me, it's the spirit who still today works in our hearts so that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you're tracking on the, on the timeline of Jesus and the storyline here, or maybe if you know that the word Pentecost means 50, Maybe there's something else in the story that surprises you a bit. And that's who's doing the preaching. If you're tracking backwards, 52 days before this, these same disciples were running away in fear and abandoned Jesus. The following morning, 51 days before this, Peter was calling down curses on himself, denying that he even knew this Jesus person. How can it be? that in just 50 days, these very same disciples are preaching to people from all of, over the world without fear and in different languages. And how can it be that Peter, who was scared of a little servant girl, is now preaching a fiery sermon to thousands of people? I know the answer. Jesus had poured out his spirit to bring conviction we heard in verse 4 today, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. When Peter quoted the prophet Joel, God had said, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy, not only meaning to speak about the future, but also to preach and to proclaim. The Holy Spirit filled them with a conviction, a courage, a confidence to share the good news of Jesus and he'll do the same for you too. That's, of course, easier said than done these days, isn't it? Who knows who might rip you apart on social media? Who knows how to navigate for some of you the rules and the regulations about religious beliefs in the workplace? Who knows who might unfriend you on Facebook or even unfriend you in real life, which, by the way, is actually worse? What if you don't have the right answers? What if you don't know what to say? What if you say the wrong thing? What if, what if this little light of mine, I'm not so sure I want to let it shine? That's when the Holy Spirit goes to work. And Jesus pours out his spirit to work on our hearts, a confession of our worries and our doubts and anxieties and fears. And he works in our hearts also a confession of faith to know Jesus has paid for those sins too. We have denied the Lord at times like Peter. And yet just as Peter was forgiven, so are we. And that's when the Holy Spirit fills us with a conviction, a confidence, a joy to say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. 
And the Spirit gives us a resounding conviction to say amen with an exclamation point at the end of that as we go and share our faith with other people. Jessica was a woman who grew up with a very horrible childhood. Her mother was an alcoholic and a mess. Her stepfather, she actually called her stepmonster because he did unspeakable things to her. Living with such hurt and pain, she grew into teenage years and acted out in wild living to overcompensate. She hopped from boy to boy, often lying about how old she is, until finally she settled down with a certain man and married at a younger age. Jessica wanted nothing more than for her kids to have a better childhood, so she enrolled them in a private school. But those children kept coming home from this school with the strangest stories about this guy who lived and died and rose again. And those children were invited with their classmates to sing about that guy at church on Sunday morning. So she went to support and she couldn't believe what she heard. All these people are so nice and friendly. There's something different and strange about these people. Long story short, the Holy Spirit was poured out in Jessica's heart to work a confession and she and her children were baptized. But Jessica was so unfired for the Lord that when we hired her in our preschool, she had such a conviction she couldn't stop talking about Jesus. She was the best evangelist on our campus and outshone me by a long shot. She told every child and every parent, you got to come to church. You got to check this out. This is amazing. She didn't know exactly what to say, but she knew what people needed, and that's Jesus. How can this be? I know. It's God the Holy Spirit. Jesus pours out his spirit to work not only a confession but a conviction on the day of Pentecost in Jessica and on you and me today, a conviction, a courage, and confidence to say, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. It was one of the turning points in world history, and it was an awful one at that. Even after the flood, humanity still rebelled against their holy God. And they built up a giant tower to glorify and exalt themselves, to reach toward the heavens, but God would have none of it. And so he confused and changed their languages so they could not work together. And you know what happens when you don't understand someone who is different. There's frustration and confusion and anger, fear. What are they saying? What are they saying about me? And so they scattered from that tower that we call Babel today. It was a physical and a verbal sign. Sin fractures relationships with God and relationships with each other, and their different languages proved it. Fast forward thousands of years to the day of Pentecost. God could have sent his Holy Spirit on any random day at any random time that he wanted. But do you see... God specifically in his infinite wisdom chose this day, a harvest festival, when there were people from all over the globe present. Italy, Asia Minor we call Turkey today, Arabia, Africa, and beyond 
They were all gathered for a, for a Jewish festival, but certainly there were problems. There's always problems when there's different ethnicities and races and languages. And yet here we see these people gathered together, convicted together by the law, comforted together by the gospel, confessing their faith together in Jesus Christ. How can this be? How is this possible? I know the answer. It's God the Holy Spirit. Jesus poured out his Holy Spirit to work a connection. Do you see this epic moment? The day of Pentecost is the great reversal of the curse of the Tower of Babel. At Babel, it was sin that separated and lang languages that divided. And here on the day of Pentecost, it was the gospel that connected. Jesus is the great unifier who tears down barriers. And though they are all speaking different languages, they were all talking Jesus on that day. That's why Peter said this in his Pentecost sermon, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's no surprise to you when I make the statement, we live in a very disjointed country. Sin fractures and separates, and Satan is having a field day in the United States. Politics, culture, ethnicity, race, pointed opinions divide so many today. And if you are at all familiar with the city of Milwaukee, then you know it is especially bad here in a place that some call the most segregated city in the entire United States. Division causes hurt. Division takes away opportunities for the gospel. Division fills my little sinful brain with all kinds of frustration and confusion and anger and fear about other people I may not understand. But that's when the Holy Spirit goes to work. And he fills my heart with a confession of sins I may have in my heart. And then a confession of faith in Jesus as my Savior and a conviction to go and share that good news with other people. And then the Spirit works in their hearts and suddenly we are connected by one Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why we say I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church the worldwide group of believers, the communion of saints, a fellowship of believers in this world and those who are now in heaven as well, who all believe in the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. This global community is nothing but a miracle of the Holy Spirit himself. Here's something for you to think about and, and pray about over the next two weeks when you worship here at Grace. Six days from today, one of our Grace teens will be hopping on an airplane. He's sitting right in front of me and carried the cross today. And Scotty will be hopping on a plane to Thailand with eight other teenagers and two chaperones to fly to the other side of the planet for a three- or four-day English Bible camp teaching the Bible to Buddhist children in a school, a privilege I had a year ago. That very same day, six days from today, my father, that's the old Pastor Hebner, will be hopping on an airplane and flying to Seoul, South Korea, where the Confessional Evangelical Lutheran Conference, the worldwide group of Lutherans that we are in fellowship with, will be gathering together in a conference to celebrate God's blessings. And two days after that, eight days from today, my family of four 
with another Grace teen and 10 others will be hopping on a plane to fly to Zambia to do a vacation Bible school with 700 children over three days and to visit a medical mission clinic. Think about that over the next two weeks. When you say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Christian Church, we will be saying the exact same words 10 or 12 hours ahead of you, united with other believers throughout the entire world. How is this possible? From this little church of 120 that grew to 3,000, now millions, how can this possibly be? I know the answer. It's because Jesus still pours out His Holy Spirit today. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.